welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go and introduce the crew to you guys, if you don't mind waving for the video portion of our show, and I believe it's all retired this evening. We have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler, and also Chief John Newman, Captain Brett Bartlett, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrew Casal, and we have producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, Tactote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. Ward, you sent me this one. Uh, USnews.com, Geofence Warrant, Unconstitutional Judge Rules in Virginia. So, uh, so I'm going to kind of skim over the nuts and bolts of this ward, and uh, I'll, I'll let you get into the nitty gritty. Uh, but there, a warrant that was used, um, I guess, that used Google location history to find people near the scene of a 2019 bank robbery violated their constitutional protection against unreasonable searches, and this is what a federal judge ruled. So the decision, and it's it's thought to be the first of its kind, it could uh, make it more difficult for police to continue using an investigative technique that's uh, exploded in popularity in recent years, and this is according to privacy experts. Now, I kind of wonder how this pertains to like the January 6th Capitol investigation, because I know that they were doing stuff like this. Now, the ruling came earlier this month in a Virginia case in which the robbery suspect argued that the use of a geofence warrant violated um, the Fourth Amendment. Geofence warrants, they seek location data on every person within a specific location over a certain period of time. And the work, uh, the people must be using cell phones or other electronic devices and have their location history feature enabled. So U.S. District Judge Hannah Locke found that the warrant violated the Constitution by gathering the location history of people that were near the bank without having any evidence that these people had done anything uh, in reference to the robbery. And here's a quote saying, though, the warrant simply did not include any facts to establish probable cause to collect such broad and intrusive data from each of these individuals. This is what Judge Locke wrote. Now, the judge said that she was not ruling on whether geofence warrants can ever satisfy the Fourth Amendment, but privacy advocates said that the decision will make it more difficult for police to persuade magistrates to, gant, to, to grant such warrants in the future. And it, it kind of goes on to talk about, um, you know, the details of this case, which I don't know how important they are. Uh, Ward, you can throw them in if, if you think that they're necessary. But uh, curious what you guys think. Ward, why don't you start us off on this one? We got uh, eight minutes. This this decision, well, it's the first of its kind after um, someone has been charged. There's other decisions where a judge has turned down a warrant. Uh, but this is the first after after one's actually been issued and evidence is gathered. There, there are, in my opinion, serious problems with this decision. I read it, all 64 pages of it. Uh, the judge wanted probable cause with respect to everybody in the fence. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me because, because even though someone, there's no probable cause to, to find that they did something wrong, by eliminating people, um, uh, that's part of the gathering of evidence. There's probably... Eliminating someone in effect constitutes evidence, and it's it's clear that it, there's probable cause that a crime occurred and someone did it. Um, with respect to, and what's really interesting, Chip, is your comment about the January 6th riot. This judge, and you might be able to tell where she's coming from here, made reference to the geofence warrant in, in Washington, D.C. She made it sound like it only applied to the Capitol. I don't know, but she approved of the geofence warrant with respect to the Capitol, because everybody in the Capitol, prob probably, she says, 
was guilty of a trespass. So there is probable cause to, as to every person. That is simply not true. There are staff members in the Capitol. There's legislators in the Capitol. There's security guards in the Capitol. There are people, protesters who I understand were invited into the Capitol. Uh, my biggest problem with the case is, first, there are two of them. She didn't discuss, she, she punted on the standing issue. She didn't discuss whether this guy even had standing to talk about other people. More importantly, I am far from convinced that a warrant is required here. Uh, generally with third parties who have records, you don't need a warrant, you just need a subpoena. We discussed the Carpenter case, the Supreme Court case where you had seven days of geolocational cellular phone uh, activity and the court said that was so intrusive, you, you better get a warrant. And in fact, when we were discussing that, Dave made reference to the situation we're, we're, uh, we're talking about to this day. This is, this, this is nothing like that. This judge used terms like difficult to overstate the breadth of the warrant, astonishing glimpse into the individual's private lives, uh, broad intrusive data for each of these individuals. This is complete nonsense. They, they isolated maybe 16 anonymous people and they reduced it to three and all it did was give them their location for an hour or two on one particular, uh, on one day in one place. Uh, so I, I kind of feel that there's not even a need for a warrant here, but she didn't discuss that. She punted on it. She said, I, I, don't, I don't need to get into that. And her way out was she found that the good faith exception allowed the evidence into, uh, allowed the uh, information into evidence. Wow. So at any rate, it, it's, this, is, this is a hot issue. Uh, there'll be, a, maybe not this case, but there'll be appellate decisions and eventually the Supreme Court will have to resolve it. Well, th thanks, Ward. A lot of great information. Now, I saw David and Andrea uh, starting to sweat a little bit. I, I know we've all seen pictures of David or someone that looked like David at the Capitol on January 6th. And I, 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 I don't know if the feds have contacted David or Andrea yet for being there or suspicion of being there. Or I should say, because Ward's on the show, allegedly being there. But uh, but Chief Newman, you're you're next in line. Go ahead. I, I agree with Ward. Let me tell you what I was upset about. The request. The, the I love the hat. Thank you very much. America, America. Um, the ward, ward, this application was very specific in scope. 164 yards away from the bank, a very tight timeline. It wasn't a, it, it makes it seem when you originally, initially read it, and I did not read all 60 pages, that it was a broad net being cast. When actuality, it isn't. They were really, they were tight. So your spatial and temporal data were down to 164 yards and a very tight timeline. I, I was surprised that that she, you know, that was the way she was leaning. I, 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 because it wasn't just a broad net. I'm not sure, you know, if, if that makes a difference. I'm not the Esquire you are, but I thought the application was pretty specific. It was, a, the net was a little bit broader than what you say. It was a radius of 150 uh, meters. 160 yards, but so it's a total of three to 320 yards, but it included. Wait, wait, wait. But at a certain time length, but at a certain oh, yeah. time from the for, bank. For only, for, only, for only an hour. And Google gets these things all the time. And they have a process to narrow it down. Um, and the, the, de the detective did a fairly poor job here. The judge went overboard to find good faith because um, I think she wanted to let, let the evidence in. Um, uh, but I agree with you. I, I think if the warrant were limited just to the bank, there shouldn't be any question about it. But um, I, I, I have problems with this. I agree with you. All right. Ex excellent commentary, guys. Now, we've got uh, Ken. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, let's see, we've also got Christopher Heil. And, and he's the uh, deputy game warden that wrote us that really 
you know, that really nice email that was complimenting the show and stuff. So thanks, guys. Uh, Captain Bartlett. You know, Chip, 30 years ago, if there were cops in this area and they said, everybody, everybody here, stop where you're at. Give me your ID. Give me your ID right now. We would just raise hell. But now everybody carries a phone. And my question toward all of you is, we know, we know that our phones transmit our location. And apparently we're okay with that. And, and if people don't know that the phone knows where they're at, then they're living in a different world. So have we at some point ceded our privacy rights? Because, the, because we know the phone knows where we're at, you know? Where are you? Where are, maybe work. You can jump in here. Have we given anything up because we know the technology is cracking us? I, I think so. I don't see where there's an expectation of privacy when you've agreed with Google's terms and conditions that they will gather this information. Now, the judge commented that it's really hard to find to figure out what you're signing when you when you go into Google and sign all the releases. But uh, I, I I feel like you do that. There's no expectation of privacy here. All right. Well, guys, we and I, Andrea, I know that you're up next and Chief John, too. We've got a minute and a half. We will end since it's the end of the first half of the show. We'll end on this topic. So we got roughly a minute and a half. Go ahead, guys. I was just going to say we definitely have given up our expectation of privacy. If you go into shop at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, they know that you're right there. They know exactly where you're at. Now, I wish that I would have been there on January 6th so that I could give you more information about what really happened, because I really do feel like there's a lot, a lot more that we don't know. But I wasn't there. I wish I would have been there. Um, your family's probably watching, aren't they, Andrea? Yeah, I figured. I was wondering why you would even say deny being there. So now I know. Thank look, you. Look, just because we have a phone doesn't mean we, we, we sold the farm, right? That's kind of like airplane. You bought the ticket. You got on the plane. I say, let it crash. Just because you have a phone, there still is a mechanism that you have to get my data to find out that data is allowed in a court, is allowed into certain things. I have a phone, but I'm not allowing you, I'm allowing a company to track my information, but I'm not allowing you to access that information. I think there's a world of difference. I think that John, John, I think you're completely right, but I think that they do. And I think that there's a lot more information that they know about us. And I'm not a conspiracy. Oh, maybe I am a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just telling you, I, I do think that they track all of that. And there's a lot of our information that's out there. We basically give up our rights. We'll be right back after this commercial break. All right, guys, thanks so much. That brings us to the uh, close only of the first hour. We have another hour of the show coming up. And of course, uh, you know, every hour of radio, uh, you know, you got 15 minutes of news, traffic, weather, sports, and other content. So look, stay tuned. We will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable show. Uh, we've got a great second half, you know, in line for you guys. So let's go and start off. Um, with 11alive.com. So we've got a chase where a suspect shoots at a deputy and then he crashes in Atlanta, of all places to crash. So uh, so I, I believe it's the Coweta County Sheriff's Office. Uh, this chase is where a suspect, he flees a traffic stop, he reaches speeds in excess of 130 miles an hour, he shot a deputy and he finally crashes in Atlanta. So he, he and, and to make it worse for him, he crossed multiple counties before coming uh, to an end at I-85 exit ramp. So uh, so the suspect, he he starts to, I guess he flees as the deputy approached the car on foot after pulling him over. The deputy um, said that he had been shot at. 
Um, and uh, then this guy ends up crashing at the bottom of the I-85 exit ramp and uh, law enforcement makes the arrest. But this guy, look, this is the shots are being uh, fired while this uh, this cop, this deputy is in pursuit. And he's he's I thought he was cool, calm and collected. Um, there's no injuries involved in the incident. Um, the sheriff's office uh, said that it started with the Coeta deputy trying to pull this car over on I-85 North, and the car at first stops, and then this deputy approaches on foot. Of course, the driver speeds off. You know, we know that story all too well. So the vehicle continued on I-95. Of course, it speeds uh, it speeds in excess of 130 miles an hour, and the occupant that says aimed a firearm at the pursuing deputy fires at least two, at least two rounds while outside of the county. And the suspect, they say, who survived, facing multiple charges across multiple jurisdictions that spanned the chase. So um, too bad for him. Uh, comments on this, guys? Anybody? Captain yeah. Bartlett. Um, this is the second time I've heard of Coweta County. The first, uh, there was a movie in 1983 called A Murder in Coweta County, same place, with uh, Andrew Griffith playing a bad guy. Great movie. Anyway, other than that, the video was just what? They chased a guy who shot. They got him. Fine. All right. Thank you. Uh, Corporal David. Oh, no. Much more. Much more. First off, the, the cop was way too casual in the car. He's, he's got the radio mic in his hand and he's going, yeah, speed. And he's got one hand on the top of the steering wheel going, yeah, speeds are 115. Yeah, speeds are 120. And he's just kind of cruising <laughs> on, with one the, on the wheel going, dude, two hands at 120 miles an hour. Like Brett has said many times, you're not driving it. You're aiming it. Let's let's put the mic down and put both hands on the wheel at least. <laughs> but beyond that beyond that the, the last part as he's catching up with the guy the guy's losing control he slides off the road a little bit and he cracks him with his police car and knocks him around he did a uh an excessive an excessive force pit maneuver i'll call it which was absolutely beautiful to put that guy put that vehicle out of commission and then get out and, and take the guy into custody was 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 a sweet ending a little bit of a crossfire action at the end i'll let that go they were getting into position but but nicely done with the uh, with the bumper crack. That was nice. Dave, were there any shots fired? Do you think um, after impact, after the uh, the patrol car, you know, creamed to the back of this bad guy's car? Were there any shots fired, or could you tell? I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't no? hear any. Okay. Just I think the bad guy was was properly rattled because he came out of the door pretty easily. All right. All right. Cool. Um, go ahead, uh, Ward uh, Chief Newman, Captain Brett. Go ahead, guys. You know, we, we, we have firearms instructors on this panel. We have DT instructors. What we really don't have, and maybe I'm wrong, we have no driving instructors. This guy was as cool as the other side of the pillow, man. This was Mike Hill, right? I can think of some fire, I mean, some driving instructors, you know, that just, Steve Hartnett, that didn't have, George Peterson didn't have a worry in the world, man. One hand sipping coffee, saying we're at 120. That guy was a driving machine. I loved it. Thank you. I, I, I ditto, ditto. Warden Brett. Yeah, well, that was that was my comment, too. Uh, contrary to Dave, I didn't so much think it was casual that the guy was very calm, driving 130 miles an hour and being shot at. Unbelievable. It reminds me of that SWAT guy that John commented on several, several months ago, took the shot, got the guy, and it was like nothing ever happened. Wow. Captain, you're up. And Captain, I don't know about you, but I'm drinking the uh, the new the bang the cherry blade lemonade. So I don't know what you're on, but uh, but that's what I'm on. What are you on? Uh, I'm over. It's got three times the caffeine. So let's see if I drop oh, fall over here. <laughs> uh, one, hey, one, Chip, uh, Kentucky's finest. Just saying. 
I, I don't doubt that, John. <laughs> well, to, to, the, to the driver's uh, uh, actions, one of our listeners, Troy Scott, said it sounded like an airline pilot. And I thought that was as funny as crap. I can just hear this guy going, and if you look off to the right, you'll see we'll pass in the Walmart. And just to the left of my cruiser, is just, you know, I've always wondered this. Why? Because you guys brought it up. High-speed driving, one hand on the wheel, one hand radio. Nobody has yet invented, to, to my knowledge, a hands-free option. So in your in your cruiser, in your radio system, you can hit a button or do something. So you can keep both hands on the wheel at the same time you're transmitting. Nobody's ever made that. Well, there there you go. There you go. Hey, and and you know, speaking of someone who's known a lot of airline pilots, Andrea, you are up next. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say there. That's a good one, Tim. <laughs> I I think it's funny that John mentions mentions Hartnet because I get to see Hartnet every every you know week at church. So I sit there. I was thinking the same thing. Um, I like there were we had a couple of these uh, pursuit videos. It just makes me want to get right back into that car, get into a pursuit, but totally calm, cool, collected. I don't know. I wish I wish that I could just sit there and be that calm. I think I was pretty calm during my pursuits, but that was. I think it's pretty amazing. Well, as panelist Major Ron would say, Hardnet needs Jesus. So I'm glad that here he's in church. So thank you to our panel for uh, making this all possible. Also our sponsors, Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.life, TAC-Tote.com, and Bang Energy for powering us. And uh, also, look, everybody that supported the show this evening, thank you guys very much. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. <laughs>